smoking section. All right, here we are. Another episode of the smoking section podcast. And we have here, I'm going to butcher this name, but this is the reason why I didn't ask her to pronounce her last name, because I feel like a lot of people butcher this name. And so I'm just going to butcher this name. Lauren Weintraub. You did it. Wow. <laughs> yes. You did it, man. It's perfect. perfect. I, have, I was like sitting there, I'm like talking to a, fr- a mutual friend of ours. And I'm like, how do you pronounce her last name? She goes, Weintraub. I'm like, I'm going to butcher that because I'm going to end up freaking forgetting how to pronounce it. Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> how are you doing? How, how's your day going? I'm good, dude. I, I get to play my first round tonight in a lot of months. So it, I'm just on cloud nine. I'm very excited. Yeah, you just told me you were playing, you were playing with uh, the uh, ACM award winning Carly Pierce tonight. I know. It's, it's a good week for her. It's a good week. <laughs> It's a good week. It's a good week. It's a good week for you. Good week for you with that. You know, congratulations on everything that you have uh, accomplished. Thank becoming, you, you know, this inst- this uh, instant viral. Instant viral. Is that even a term? I just made it up. I mean, I guess it is now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this viral sensation on TikTok. And uh, I first heard you, I want to say last year. This is this this is how good your friends are for you. Um, last year, your friends were, because we have a mutual friend who lives in Massachusetts. Yes. And she has been campaigning for you to be on this podcast since then. No bullshit. And I literally, <laughs> no bullshit. And I literally said, I love her. I'm like, but we can't, like, we were, we were, we were pretty much booked up for those, like, first two seasons. So uh, she was like, uh, she's like, you need to get her. I'm like, uh, not quite ready for that yet. And then one of the interns of the company that I work for, turns out that she was your old roommate. She was. <laughs> So she's telling me about this. I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, this is just coming way too full circle. So I guess it's about time that I have her on the podcast. That's so funny, Marcus. That's so funny. Yep. You're just circling with all my friends. They're just all like hyping me up. I feel very honored. Yeah, they are. They hyped you up. Brianna Brianna Grace. Brianna Grace has been hyping you up for the last year to me. Brianna Grace has been hyping me up since before I was born, probably. (laughs) <laughs> she hypes everyone up. She's like their go. She's like their hype man for everybody. Yeah, seriously. It's all right. It's okay. Um, so let's talk about you're from you're from Mass. You're from up there near Boston. Mm-hmm. What what town exactly are you from? I'm from Sudbury, Massachusetts. Where the hell is that? At? Sudbury is near like Newton and Wellesley and Framingham. Mm. And- it's like 30 minutes outside of Boston. Okay. So. Okay. So, um, okay. All right. So what got you into country music? Because uh, when, you, when people think, obviously, when country music listeners think of country artists, they don't think of the Northeasterners and the New Englanders. And, you know, they don't think of them because I'm from Philly. So they don't think of us at all. They don't. So what got you into country music? What, what was your, what was the childhood like of for, for Lauren Weintraub? So, I mean, my my background with music is kind of like a interesting thing, which I can also get into, but country music. Music. Um, I was like, I was always very into songwriting and I loved songwriters, any genre. And then when I got into high school, there's this tiny, tiny venue in Boston called Club Passim. And I went there around like Christmas time to see a show with Lori McKenna and Steve Mokler. And I left that show being like, okay, I don't know what just happened in that room, but whatever it was, I need to do that for the rest of my life. There was just something about like the storytelling mm-hmm. in country music that just hooked me off the bat. 
that. So it's funny, like it just got, I got struck by country music lightning that day and it has never left my brain since. <laughs> wow. And then, you know, I, I started getting into like old stuff and new stuff and women in country music and men and Chris Stapleton and like Dolly and just all that good, good stuff. And yeah, have loved it ever since. Have you written with Lauren McKenna? I haven't, but we're writing in like a month and I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm going to try not to like pee my pants. It'll be great. I was, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was, I, now that you say, I'm like, Oh, Lauren McKenna. I'm like, I forgot that she was from up there as yeah. well. She lives up there. Yeah, she does. She's from, I think just another small town. Uh, yeah. 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 So, um, you went to Berkeley. I went to Belmont. But, Oh, you went to Belmont. Why did I, someone tell me you went to Berkeley as well? I well, I I went to Berkeley like summer camps, summer program. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So that's where I met um, my old roommate, who you now know. We like we did Berkeley summer programs together. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So okay, so you went to Belmont. So obviously at that point now, you you were ready. You want you you knew after seeing Lori McKenna, you knew you wanted to be a songwriter. So you went to Belmont, which for those of you who don't know, Belmont is highly recognizable. When it comes to anything music industry, um, same with MTSU. I'm an MTSU guy. Um, mm. Yeah, we don't. For some reason, I feel like Belmont and MTSU we don't like each other for some reason. I know there's a little bit of a rival. <laughs> a little bit of a rival. There go. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but no. So, what was your music background? So you say you, you can you can go right into what was your music background growing up then? So. Like around the house, there was a lot of like Billy Joel playing all the time and like Carol King and stuff like that. It's just what my parents liked. And then I'm a triplet. So I've got two brothers and an older brother. So it's like me and the boys. So um, they were doing sports. They were doing like soccer and baseball. And I tried all of those things. But my dad says that I was the one doing cartwheels in the outfield. Like it just was not working. So my parents put me in like dance and like musical theater. So from ages like eight to probably 14, I did musical theater. I got like very serious about it. I played Annie multiple times, got my equity card, like was in an off-Broadway show. Like I, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I got a guitar. And so I think it was the mix of like getting a guitar, Taylor Swift just coming out at that time and people like Ed Sheeran and Christina Grimmie. Like it all just kind of happened. And then I saw that show with Lori McKenna and I made this pivot of like, I still wanted to be on stage, but I wanted to be telling my own story as opposed to telling somebody else's story every night. So mm. it was a roundabout way of getting there, but it's always been singing and performing. It's just took a little pivot to writing my own stuff. So Belmont, tell, me, tell us about your experience Belmont. Did you, did you, did you have the typical college uh, college experience that everyone has? You do a lot of partying? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I look back on it and I'm like, I should have. But I, I only went to Belmont for two years and then I left to pursue my publishing deal full time. But the two years I was there, like, it's so funny. I almost didn't start being more social until after I left college. But the two years I was in college, I was like, no, I didn't go to parties. I was grinding 24 seven. Like I had 8 a.m. classes every day. So I would wake up at 7 a.m., go to class right at 11 and then go back to class at like four o'clock and then play a show and come home, like take a nap, wake up, do my homework. And then like, do I was insane. I was crazy in college. That's not insane. That's that's dedication. That's what need. That's that's what you gonna need to make it in this industry. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, crazy. yeah, yeah. So when did you, I'm going to ask you, like a, this is, this is going to be a kind of funny question because I really want to know this answer because I have not been told the story behind it. I've only been told the nickname Half Pipe Dynamite, which is going to be the title of this episode when I release it. <laughs> 
That's amazing. So where, how, how, who came up with that nickname and how did you get it? So that nickname came, okay. So when I was seven years old, no, probably like seven or eight, Mm -hmm. I played Molly in the show Annie, which is like the tiniest orphan in the show. And um, we got reviewed in a local newspaper or it was like, maybe it was the Boston Globe. I don't remember where it was, but they said a bunch of stuff about me because I had like a tap solo and everything. And they coined me as a half pint dynamite they were like she steals the show she's a half pint dynamite and literally it has stuck with me since I was eight years old (laughs) (laughs) and it's good that I didn't get tall because I'm still five feet tall so you know well that's that's going to be your alter ego for when you get drunk (laughs) exactly just start calling you half pint. Yeah, all my friends call me half pint. <laughs> that is show up and like, what's up, half pint? How you doing? That is funny. So, so um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about here with uh, your two viral songs, the She's Mine and Me Over You. I heard your song on the radio as just as you did. Um, I probably the same exact day actually, because uh, I work for that station. Yeah. Uh, we're not gonna say the name of the station, but yes, um, I loved your response because you were so emotional. I, I think you just finally realized that you can, you know, you got to the point where it's like, oh, this, oh my God, this is happening kind of thing. So let's go back to the day you heard your your song on the radio for the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. It was really early in the morning because those air times are specific and the first one's pretty early. And so we like woke up, me and my, one of my publishers and got in the car and just sat there like waiting for it to come on. And then it came on and it was just this moment of like, I didn't think I would have had music out at all this year. I was gonna have to probably wait till COVID was over and it was just this moment of like you can really do anything you set your mind to if you just do it you know like I I kind of been waiting for so long and seeing all my songs is very precious and like waiting for the perfect moment but you know it was kind of this moment of like wow I did that by myself and now it's on the radio and like it all happened in a week so it was yeah it was very surreal I was very emotional it's just like my song on the radio that happened so much sooner than I ever thought it would so it's, it's, a- and it's gonna happen more it's gonna happen more I really like, like like seriously it's gonna happen more there's just no way in hell it's not gonna happen it's gonna happen more and um because you're getting to the point where it's like you know people you, you can't you've had people you've probably had the nose told you know to you and which we'll get to but you've getting to, you're get you're starting to get to the point where people can't deny your talent can't deny the quality of your songs and can't deny your fan base i mean wow. you're because you're you're getting to that point what inspired you what inspired you to write she's mine what inspired you to write me over you all right let's start the, she's mine did some, did, some, did some boy like really hurt you? Like what's, what's going on here? What's, what's going on? Obviously. <laughs> my my like neighbor the other day, he, he was like, dude, I've been listening to your songs. Like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like I'm good. I wrote those songs like three years ago. Anyway, um, She's Mine, I wrote about two years ago. I had gone through my first ever breakup pretty much. And I thought I was fine. It had been like six months. I was doing great, feeling awesome. And then I opened in my Instagram and just saw this picture of this like girl kissing his cheek and like it just sent me all the way back down to square one and the worst part was she was like gorgeous and looked like a super nice person like she looked like we would have been friends if it weren't for that which like made it even harder because I knew 
she, she seemed really cool. So I went in with Daniel Ross and we wrote it together. And I just knew that if it hit me that hard, it was going to hit somebody else that hard. That feeling of like just true, not even just jealousy. It's like almost a mix of jealousy and like heartbreak. And it brings back up all the old feelings. So I'm kinda, I feel like you're kind of like the person where your friends probably told you to block him and to remove from social media. And you didn't do that at all. No. <laughs> like blocking people. I don't know what it is. It just feels so like, you oh, can, you, I, can I, you can mute them now. You don't have to fully I do. block I them. mute them. Yeah. I, ha- I have some people muted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, muting? It, it, <laughs> muting is like the best thing that stick came up with. <laughs> oh, muting is saves my mental health. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you had blocked them, then you, I don't, would you have came with she's mine? I don't think, I don't think that would have worked if you had blocked them. Exactly. So. So it's it was, kind of beneficial for a songwriter. Don't block your exes, but maybe do. But <laughs> just mute them. Just mute them from this point just forward. Mute them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so me over you. Yes. Because that that was what that's what was played on the highway. No, she's mine was played on the highway, right? She's mine was is yeah, like still playing on the highway. Yeah, um, that's still playing. Crazy. Yeah, me over you. I wrote a little bit later after she's mine, probably six months after that. And um, I mean, that song is just probably one of the most honest songs I've ever written. I had a night. I kind of had like a lot of months where still same breakup was trying to get over it. But instead of doing the self work of like going on walks and meditating and journaling, I was just filling my days like 8am to midnight with stuff. So I wouldn't have to think about it. And I just got to a point where I was tired and I was going out a lot, which as I said, like, I'm not really the type of person to do that. I was at Red Door a lot. And um, yeah, that's the spot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just like I woke up the day we wrote that song and just knew something was was off. And I I went into the studio that day with Josh Bird and Christian Hale, who I wrote the song with. And I was just a mess. And I was like, guys, I don't really have like a hook or a title or an idea, but we need to write about this thing that's going on in my life because I need to like I need a personal intervention. Like I need to change my perspective on this around. So that was one of those songs that we we literally just wrote almost top and somehow just turned out. I love it. It's one of my favorite songs ever. So I, I love the song. I do. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. Definitely. Well written. Your, your fans are loving it. So my next question is you're an up and coming artist, up and coming songwriter, because I'm sure songwriting, I always tell people songwriting should always become before your artistry because at the end always. of the day, your artistry may not work out for you as we've seen with artists in the past may not work out for you, but your songwriting is going to always be what gets you the Paycheck. Yep. Um, Screw, <laughs> bro. Get you a paycheck. I'll get you that paycheck. So, um, take me to the day that you decide you're going to sound big machine publishing. Yeah. Um, so I spent my whole freshman year of college just like adjusting to life and figuring out how to live with another human and make sure I bought groceries and did my laundry all on time. Like I was just like, you know, you're figuring out how to fend for yourself Mm -hmm. as a human being. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of that and trying to make friends. And then sophomore year was when I really just started to grind. I was writing all of freshman year, but sophomore year was when I started to play shows a lot, write every day. And that's kind of when I just started meeting people like I remember being a freshman and thinking how the hell am I ever going to meet a publisher like how does that happen but I slowly realized the more and more I played like so and so would be at the listening room when I played this round and then I would end up meeting them so a lot of serendipity a lot of connections and then my sophomore year I was taking a lot of meetings and just doing all that and then I met my now publisher like March of 2019 and I walked into his office and I played him three songs and he offered me a publishing deal on the spot on the spot (laughs) on the spot 
spot. And I looked at him and I was like, all right, well, that hasn't happened yet thus far. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it was a couple of months of decisions and figuring everything out. I had to get an attorney, which I never thought I would have at 20. I guess I, I was 20. Yeah. Then decided to leave school because I'm a very like put all my energy in one box kind of gal. So that was a big decision because my dad was the first one in his family to, to go to college. Um, but they, I mean, I have the, be- the best parents in the world. They're so supportive. I'm very grateful for that. So they were like, girl, go get it, do your thing. And then officially signed like July of 2019. And it was great. It was the best day ever. My deals with Brandy Clark, it's like a JV with her. Mm-hmm. And she, she is the woman. She is that's, amazing. That's funny that you say that because she's actually one of the episodes on this season. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can tell her I love her, but she already knows. She, yeah, she, uh, we already did it. We already did it. Uh, we already did it. Yeah. We already did it. I, um, she, and she is amazing. Like it was the first time I met her. So I ended up meeting her through Twitter. Uh, she was, uh, it was one of, one of the songs. I forget what song it was. I tweeted about one of the songs on her latest album and, and she responded back to it. And she was like, a real man listens to my music or something along those lines. <laughs> She's a legend. And so she started following me and, and, and DM me and we started talking back and forth about getting her on the podcast. I mean, it took a couple months, which is fine, but it, we ended up like working out to where it was like, we got through Zoom, we got on the podcast, got on the podcast, and it was a great conversation. I did have some technical issues because of the fact that it decided to storm that day and my power went out. Yeah. That'll do it. That'll yeah, do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. But I love her. I love her. I love Brandy. Yeah. I mean, she's seen a lot. She's been through a lot as an artist. She's seen the good and the bad and the ugly. So anytime I'm feeling like confused or down, she's always, I I can just call her and be like, I need a pep talk. I need a Brandy Clark pep talk. So she's, she's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to need one of those Brandy Clark pep talks. (laughs) They're pretty good. They're good. Uh, So, um, so what's been your, your hardest struggle being in this industry? Because you're still young. Were you 22, 23? So you're still young and you still have a lot to give and a lot to experience. So Mm -hmm. what's been the hardest thing that you have had to go through, especially now that you are, you're, you're, you're blowing up. Let's put like, there's no lot you're blowing up. So what's been the hardest thing you had to go through and hardest struggle you've had in this industry? Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. I think, you know, like after signing my publishing deal, the most immediate kind of like struggle that came in was just being the new kid on the block and you're, you're writing with a new person every day and you're telling your life story five times a week and just hoping that you kind of like catch gold every day and you don't, you know? So that was the first time in my life that I had been writing five days a week every day and, you know, just making sure I had ideas and understanding that you're not going to write the best song of your life every day and that's okay. And, um, you know, feeling, you know, walking into rooms with my heroes and reminding myself like, okay, there's a reason I'm here. Like, it's good, you know, like keeping confidence, honestly. Um, so that I feel like that was two years ago when I signed my deal, kind of the first mm-hmm. thing that came in. And then after that, I mean, when COVID hit, I just kind of went into like a deep dive of my artistry and who I wanted to be and what I wanted to say. And I came to this like almost epiphany that you're told over and over and over again as an artist, you need to find out who you are. You need to whatever, blah, blah, which to me is like, okay, you need to try on like 15 different things and see which one works the best. But in my mind, like I came to this realization that it's not about finding out who you are. It's just peeling away and like stripping everything you're not, 
like everything you've accumulated that feels fake or wrong or not who you are at the core. So I don't know. I feel like that was a big realization is like just making vision boards and writing down what you really care about and just keeping your integrity. And I think it's more about finding out what you're not than what you are. Yeah, I feel like a lot of artists, when they, they, they for lack of a better term, sell their soul basically totally. to, to get to where they are instead of just being themselves. And that's, I think that's, totally. I think that's one of the hardest things in this industry as an artist, as anything in this artist in this industry mm-hmm. uh, is to just be yourself because you try to be and try to fit into every aspect of this industry just so you can make it and you mm-hmm. kind of forget who you are. A hundred percent. Cause I feel like every day you're, you're getting told, Oh, you need to be authentic. Like, I think we forget that we're already authentic and then you're trying to be authentic, which is not authentic at all. <laughs> so I think it's just this, this balance of like having a come to Jesus moment with yourself and being like, okay, I'm just going to strip away everything that's not who I am. And that's what's authentic. Yeah, have so you, have is- you, have you found it easier to, have you found it easier as, you, as you've gotten further into your career to basically just block out the noise from every, from yeah. everyone saying that? Yeah, I think for sure. I think my theater background comes in. To <laughs> I mean, Marcus, I would go on these auditions when I was like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And I would walk in the room and like, if I wasn't the right height, they'd be like, no. So I don't know. I think like from a young age, it was just like, I got a thick skin of understanding that I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that that's okay. <laughs> It's because you're you know? a size of a cup of tea. You're a size of a cup of tea. It's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That was my that was my one short joke of the whole thing. It's don't worry. <laughs> it's, I love it. The, so, the short jokes are welcome. Exactly. <laughs> it's all right. So uh, so here's my question because and we're gonna talk after this a little bit because I do have a question for you uh, regarding we have a we have another mutual friend but you played another song on. Um, there's a lot of mutual friends, guys, if you haven't really caught on. That <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is the first time we've met and we have a lot of mutual friends. Um, so you played on TikTok, Friend Boy. Yeah. Is there any plans to release that at all? I mean, there's not not plans to release it. Like, I know. <laughs> I mean, I had another song start to blow up last night, too. So what I'm mo- more moving towards in my mind is like, maybe it's time for an EP, you know, instead of just putting these songs out one by one and it's stressful and you're whatever, like, I just kind of want to make a body of work where it can all live. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I definitely want to hear this EP when it's out because I want to hear everything. I want to hear everything. Yeah. I'll, I I'll send sip, it to your door. Yeah. I want to. I want to sit back and have a have a little w- glass of whiskey. And be able to listen to this. Um, whiskey in a teacup. Whiskey in a teacup. <laughs> whiskey in a teacup. <laughs> we might have changed the name to whiskey and teacup for this episode. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so, all right. So we're going to wrap up here soon because, like I said, I don't want to keep you too long. But oh, wh- um, where do you hope to see yourself in, in five years? Yeah, that's the big question. Well, in five years, I, I hope COVID is gone. <laughs> so Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> Yes, we do. In five years, I hope that I have my first album out, like a full length 12 song album. And I hope that I am opening for somebody on the road. Those are my my two big goals is like a full album, maybe some music videos. And then I, I just want to be in a new city every night. Like I'm such a travel human being. I just love traveling and I love performing. So yeah, that's that's the big goal for the next. So, so who's your dream? Who's your dream tour partner? <laughs> There's so many. Um, top three. Top three. I'll give okay, you three. Top, top, three. Top, three. top three. Sam Hunt. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Sam Hunt. 
for sure. Um, I'll give you four. Sam Hunt, Kane Brown, Keith Urban, Lady A. I can see you touring. Out of all of those, I can see you touring with Lady A more than anyone else. I don't know. What did you say? You cut out. I said, out of all of those, I can see you touring with Lady A more than anyone else. Yeah, I really, I've seen them on tour before. And I mean, come on. It's just so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. They're they're a great live. Are, are they part of your inspirations? Like oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember listening to their music, like their early music in in high school. Like you, staring out. You, you were in high school. <sighs> I feel old. I feel old. Need you now. Need you, you now. now was high school. Yeah. <laughs> That was my that was my uh, freshman year, sophomore year in college. Okay, it's all good. <laughs> it's all right. But it's yeah, okay. Need you now is I yeah that was the first thing that got me hooked on them, and I would like sit looking out the rainy window in high school, just being so dramatic. Yeah, yeah, I love them. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, you came from, obviously came from the Boston area. So what's what's been the biggest difference between Boston music scene and Nashville music scene for you? Um, I mean, just the overarching difference between Boston and Nashville is that people in Nashville are so kind and you'll just be walking down the street and they'll be like, how are you? How's your day? In Boston, they're just like, F you. Like, it's like... It's so different. Um, but as far as the music scene, you know, there's there's a small country scene in Boston, actually, but, you know, it's it's not nearly as big as it is here. So I think that's the main difference is... Have you, you played it, Have you played it at that venue called Loretta's Last Call? Sure have. Sure have. <laughs> I feel like everyone who, who's an artist up there has played up there. Yeah, Loretta's is like the spot to be. Yeah. yeah. It's like a sense of like, that's where you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I played there all the time in high school and I would like street perform. That was my big thing. I street performed almost every weekend at Faneuil Hall in Boston. So. Oh, wow. Did you do any of that when you came to Nashville? Mm-mm, no, but I respect the people who do because Broadway is a crazy place. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, one more question. Dream collaboration. Who you want to do? Who you want to do a collaborate? I'll give you two for okay. this one. Okay. 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 <laughs> you know, already I'm not going to give you one. I, <laughs> <laughs> So I've written some songs that are duets. So I'm thinking about two specifically. All right. One of right. them, Chris Stapleton, all day. Other one, Shy Carter. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have this song that I wrote and I'm like, one day me and Shy are going to do a duet on this song. And it's like. <laughs> Build your first album. Maybe your first album. I know. And we're kind of like, we're kind of friends. I met him this past summer. We, we used to hang out a bit with our, a group of friends. So maybe it'll happen. Yeah, maybe it'll happen. Good love. Good love. <laughs> make it happen. Make it happen. It'll make, make those dreams come to manifest that shit. Right. <laughs> so manifest it, manifest it. I'm looking forward to everything that this industry is going to give you and that you're going to work hard for. Um, it, it's going to happen. You're, you're going to be headlining your own tour within five years i do see that happening oh. um seriously Man, that's the goal you're gonna be you're gonna be there um you'll have your first number one hit by 2023 guarantee it all right dude Just shake on it i'm putting pressure on i'm putting pressure on putting pressure on make that shit happen make that shit happen uh this has been a fantastic episode fantastic episode uh with lauren weintraub uh go check her out Look her up on TikTok. Look her up everywhere. Go listen to her music because you will not regret it. You will not regret it. She's a badass. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.